0: We've seen the general structure of how we meditate on refuge, putting a safe direction in our life. So now we can get into the uh, specifics of uh, where this direction is going. And that is described by Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha, rare and precious gems. For each of these, there is a deepest level an apparent level, which is a level that uh, we can see, and then a level that uh, represents it. And I think it's quite important to differentiate these uh, different levels. The deepest level is, uh, in terms of uh, all of these, or each of these, the three, is referring to pretty much the same thing. It's the deepest level of what we are aiming for. And if we attain that, then that will uh, really be what uh, uh, will enable us to avoid any type of uh, difficulty or problem, either in terms of ourselves or in terms of dealing with others. So the deepest level of the Buddha gem are the true stoppings and true pathway minds on uh, the mental continuum of a Buddha. In other words, the third and fourth noble truths. Deepest level of what we're talking about in terms of all of them is basically the third and fourth noble truths. What are we talking about? <laughs> we're talking about what can occur on a mental continuum, continuum of moment-to-moment experience of things. All right, let's start over again. When we talk about the deepest level of what we're aiming for, we're aiming for the third and fourth noble truths. In general, we're always talking, when we speak about the four noble truths, we're talking about something which is experienced with mind, individual mental continuum. We talk about suffering and problems that's experienced with the mind's. individual mind. And if we talk about the causes, the true causes for suffering and problems, that's something experienced with an individual mind. Mind means moment-to-moment-to-moment continuum of experiencing things. So what do we want to achieve? We want to achieve a true stopping, which means completely get rid of these causes for suffering and the suffering. So where does that uh, true stopping occur? It occurs on a mental continuum. Mental continuum is devoid of all this garbage. It's a true stopping of it. It's no longer there. Finished. Bye-bye. Gone. And how does that come about? How do we uh, attain that stopping? It's with some understanding. That understanding is with a mind, obviously. That understanding is referred to as a path. In other words, it's an understanding that leads somewhere, leads to true stopping. That's why I call it a pathway mind. But it's not only the understanding that will lead to a true stopping, but it's the understanding that is attained at the result as well. That's with a mind. So those are the four noble truths. True suffering, true cause, true stopping, and true... Path or true understanding, and they all occur on a mental continuum. So, these uh, when we speak in terms of a uh, refuge, you know, the direction that we want to go in. Direction we want to go in is the direction of third and fourth noble truths, true stopping and true understanding. That will bring that about. So that occurs on the mental continuum of a Buddha. So it's there in full on the mind of a Buddha. And when we talk about uh, Aryas and Arhats, these are people along the way who have attained true stopping of some of the causes of suffering, not all of it. Some of the suffering, but not all of it. They have some of the understanding, but not all the time. So... There are those who have attained it, so Buddhas, Aryas, Arhats, their mental continuum, and we want to attain that on our own mental continuum. So that's the actual direction that we want to go in. So that's described in terms of Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. Let that sink in for a moment. Because you can say what I just said in very, what should we say, very complex jargon. But uh, this is what it's talking about. Okay, so now deepest Buddha gem is referring to these true stoppings. And true understandings, we use simple terminology, true stoppings and true understandings on the mental continuum of a Buddha. So that's the full set, complete. True stopping of every cause of suffering and the full understanding all the time, nonstop. The apparent, we talk about the apparent gems. This is something that appears, that shows the way and helps others. So, when we're talking about the deepest Buddha gem, those are that's the Dharmakaya. So it's the mind of a Buddha, the omniscient mind of a Buddha that understands everything. That's the fourth noble truth. And the true stoppings on that mind and the voidness of the mind. That's the Svabhavakaya, the nature body. You want to get into jargon. So, Deepest Buddhist gem, Buddha gem, is the Dharmakaya of a, dharma, of a Buddha. Dharmakaya has two aspects, corresponding to third and fourth noble truths. So the fourth noble truth is the understanding, true understanding. Well, that's the mind of a Buddha. That's the so-called Jnana Dharmakaya, the deep awareness Dharmakaya, the mind of a Buddha. And the true stoppings, that mind of a Buddha, omniscient mind of a Buddha, that's the Subhavakaya, the nature body. It's the purity of the mind of a Buddha. It's pure of all the garbage, and it was naturally pure of true existence, of the voidness of the mind. So that's what we're aiming for. And the apparent gem, what shows that, what we can see, what helps others, that's the form bodies of a Buddha. Nirmanakaya, Sambhogakaya. The deepest one, what we want to really aim for, is those third and fourth noble truths like a Buddha has. And what uh, shows it, what helps with others, that also we'd like to attain, is the four bodies of a Buddha. And what represents that are the paintings and the statues of a Buddha. It's just a representation. We're not worshipping them or anything. But we show respect to it. Because it represents something that we have respect for. So now, Dharma gem. Again, the deepest level are the third and fourth noble truths. But now, not only on the mental continuum of a Buddha, but on the mental continuum of, from an Arya all the way up to Buddha. So when you start to have some of these uh, st- true stoppings and true understandings, all the way till you get it in full. So it's the same thing as the Buddha, but just starting earlier, when it first starts to get the third and fourth noble truths, still so the full thing. Buddha is just the final stage. And what's the apparent level of the Dharma gem that shows it to us, that helps others, these are the actual teachings, all the different categories of the Buddha's teachings. And what represents it are the books, the texts. So likewise we show respect to them. Okay, Sangha gem, deepest level again, third and fourth noble truths. On the mental continuum again, just like with the Dharma, deepest gem from an arya all the way up to a Buddha, it's the same. And the apparent gem would be the person of an arya, somebody who has some true stoppings and some true understandings any aria, from a regular first-moment aria all the way up to a Buddha. They show us the way, help us, in terms of being a person that, that helps us. How do they help us? By setting an example. Difficult to relate to a Buddha, but it shows by their example that step by step by step you get there to, lead to Buddhahood. And what represents the Sangha is a group of four members of the monastic community, so four or more people from, there's four groups of uh, monastics, there's the full monk and nun, and the um, novice monk and nun, so four people from that, they don't have to be all one from each group, they don't have to be, they don't have to be all from one group, but just four. So you have a community. So even if they're not terribly good monks or nuns, nevertheless, the fact that they have given up, in theory, householder life and are dedicating themselves to this path, in whatever way they're doing it, shows us there are steps going, you know, to this goal. Now, there are people, in theory, at least, working toward it. So for each of these three gems, we have a deepest level. We have, so the deepest level are the true stoppings and true understandings, either on the mind of a Buddha, in the case of the Buddha gem, or on the mind of an Arya, all the way up to and including the mind of a Buddha. And the apparent gems, ones that uh, show the way, help us, the actual form bodies of a Buddha, the actual teachings and the community of, you know, at least somebody, persons uh, who have become Aryas, And the ones that represent it, that we can sort of, you know, have around the house would be the, the paintings of the Buddhas and the statues and the actual texts and some monks and nuns. Okay? Reminds us of the path what we're aiming to attain, deepest gem. Those who have attained it, they can show us the way, but we are aiming for that attainment ourselves, on our own mental continuum. We're not aiming for what they, for theirs, that's on their mental continuum. We can only attain what will be on our mental continuum. This is what we were talking about up until now stopping of these various causes of problems and the problems that they create, destructive behavior, disturbing emotions, compulsive positive behavior when nobody wants our help, you know, these sort of things, not knowing how to help others. We want a true stopping of all of that. That's what we're talking about. We want to get the understanding and the discipline and the concentration and Love and compassion and all these things that are going to stop it, stop this, these troublemakers. So everything that we've been talking about is going in the direction of third and fourth noble truths to get rid of the first and second noble truths. That's what Buddhism is all about. and It's all taking place in the mind, our minds.
1: Let that sink in for a moment.
0: Okay, so then, of course, the question that naturally arises is, why, what is the difference then between the deepest Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha gems? Why do we have pretty much the same thing, the third and fourth noble truths as the deepest uh, gem for all three of them? And we find the answer to that in a surprising place, in the Lama Chubba, in the Guru Puja, in the talk section, the offering section. When you make offerings to the Buddha, to the Dharma and to the Sangha, it says that the Buddhas are the source of the actual attainments, and the Dharma is the source of inspiration, and the Sangha is the source of enlightening influence or activity, because we request each of those from Buddhas, from the Dharma, from the Sangha. Sangha here being represented by the uh, uh, Dakinis and Dharma protectors. So, what does that mean? It's very, it's very helpful actually to think of that—that the true stoppings and understanding that we're actually aiming for, the actual attainment city, it's called in in Sanskrit. The actual attainment is what a Buddha has. So. True stopping and and true understandings on the mind of the Buddha. That's the actual attainment. And true stoppings on the true understandings on the mind uh, of the Dharma. I mean, that, you know, on the mind of an Arya up to uh, a Buddha. From the point of view of Dharma, that's the source of inspiration. Usually that word is translated as blessing, inspiration. It's what uplifts us. So it lifts us through the teachings. And enlightening activity, well, by the example of what the the Sangha has attained, these Aryas, true stopping and uh, true uh, understandings, that, that acts as a way to give us an example. So it helps us along the way. So if you think about it, it's true stopping. I mean, it's pretty abstract. True stopping and the true understanding. Well, it's what I want to attain. It inspires me and it functions. It works on me as the example to, to work to achieve this state, like the Sangha has done, the Arya Sangha has done. And then who's going to help me? Well, you know, Buddha Shakyamuni, you know, the form bodies of a Buddha, actual teachings and the actual Arya Sangha, the apparent level. And what's going to help me to remember all of this, to remind me of this, keep mindful of this, the representations. You have a, a painting or a statue, you have some books, monks and nuns, helps to remind us to go in that direction and, By offering respect to that, we're respecting what we're trying to do with our lives. The important factor is respect. Respect. You recognize the good qualities in something, and you admire that, and you would like to attain it yourself. And respect for ourselves that are trying to attain that. Very important. That's why I was talking about this sense of self-worth. If you just by a simple act of kindness to somebody make them smile, well, we are able to make a small difference, a positive difference. Gives us a sense of self-worth. That leads to respect. Self-respect. Okay? So let's try to assimilate that, digest that. And just one more point to add to that. Causal refuge is in that True stoppings and uh, true understandings that have occurred on the mind of the Buddhas and the Aryas. And resultant is what we are aiming for attain, to attain on our own mental continuum.
1: Okay. What questions
0: do you have about this?
1: On the mental level, I
2: understand that, and that we have capacity to deal with fear and depression, but deep inside of me, I, I don't have this belief. And is there any possibility to... Uh, how, how may I grow this uh, understanding, this confidence deep inside of me?
0: Well... That's a very good question. How do we go from an intellectual understanding to an actual emotional understanding so that it uh, (coughs) makes a transformation in us? That's an important question, not only with refuge, but with anything in the Dharma. And the answer that uh, is given in the Dharma is, well, you need to build up a lot of merit. That's what we read in the text. So then you have to think, well, what in the world does that mean? Does that mean I get enough points and then now I deserve it? I've earned it? Certainly doesn't mean that. What we need is both an intellectual component and an emotional component. I mean, It's said everywhere, wisdom and compassion and wisdom. So take that seriously. An intellectual component and an emotional component. So how do we build up So-called merit. Merit is a positive force, like charging a battery. So we're speaking of just in refuge, the emotional component is this horrified at uh, things getting worse, confident that uh, things will, uh, it's possible to get better. And that clears our mind of, you know, fear about that and compassion for others. So meditating with love, compassion, concern for others, etc. That builds up a positive force. It's an emotional type of force. And especially the meditations on love and compassion. And to expand that a little bit more, the four immeasurables. Why do we have that in the beginning of every practice? We have refuge, bodhicitta, and the four immeasurables. Why? Mm -hmm. There's a purpose to it. If we really... Do, you know, some meditation practice at that point on wish for everybody to be happy, to everybody to be free of suffering, rejoicing in everybody's happiness. May they not be, you know, we're not jealous of it. You know, may they never lose it. Equanimity, may everybody have this. What does it do? It opens up our hearts. It opens up our minds with emotion. Then, in that state of mind, when you go to the understanding, it makes a difference. There's a big difference between going to the intellectual understanding with a closed mind, me, 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 I can't understand it, I have to understand it, and having opened your mind and heart beforehand with the four immeasurables. Huge difference. So please, try it and see what the, if, that there is a difference. And why it's there in every practice. There's a reason. that builds up this positive force, open up your mind, open up your heart, so you can understand. And your understanding
1: will have some emotional impact. Um, There is a question and two sub-questions.
2: The question is uh, uh, how to uh, to follow the proper balance between compassion to others and compassion to ourselves in the conflict situations. And the sub-question is, do I understand right that the main the key point here in the conflict is to, uh, to not to be angry, but it's possible to uh, keep the borders, our borders, and to uh, uh, keep our interest, interests. And another point about this is if we just agree with everything, so in this case, it might happen that we are growing in other person uh, this ego uh, with which we are trying to fight, in, trying to fight in ourselves. Very very specific example, for example, I have a kid and I'm preparing two portions of food for each day and I come home and my kid ate these two portions of food. And I consider the one portion for myself and one portion for kid. And the next day, for example, uh, the, stations, the, the same situation happens again. And uh, the question is: So should I, in this case, uh, um, uh, t- tell him about it, or and uh, about this situation, and explain him, and insist on taking only one portion of food? Um, because uh, even in this case. Uh, it will lead to some disturbing emotions for
0: him. Mm. Okay, we can speak in general and we can speak in your uh, specific uh, example. Your specific example, if the child eats both portions, that either indicates that the child is really hungry or the child is very greedy. So if he's really hungry If the child is really hungry You make more food If the child is just greedy Well you have to separate the portions That you have your, the child's portion Whatever would be sufficient to fill the child And somehow you have to hide your portion So put it somewhere where the child uh, you know, Can't get it If you have a microwave, put it in the freezer. And then when you come home, microwave it. You know, find some some (laughs) simple practical solution. (laughs) So to use skillful means. Skillful means, yes. In general, though, I mean, your general question is, uh, what should we say? First, we have to develop compassion for ourselves. It's called renunciation, determination, for us to be free of, of problems, and then you can you know, uh, turn it toward others, and may they be free of problems. That's a general way in which we develop compassion. If You feel that I don't deserve to be happy, why should you deserve to be happy? But uh, you also asked about a conflict situation, so there are conflict situations in which I have an opinion and you have an opinion, And then they're quite different. And then you have a conflict and you have an argument. Now, advice from general conflict uh, resolution, the strategy which doesn't work is getting defensive, defending your position. You defend your position, and then, of course, that leads to attacking the other position. That doesn't help. Then you get into a real argument. So the tactic that uh, is recommended, which, you know, often works is to uh, say then, uh, when the other person presents a completely different uh, solution or a completely different way of doing things, you ask them to explain it. Explain why you think like that, so maybe they're right. So you try to learn what is behind their thinking, what's behind their position. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, you open up rather than closing you know, and getting defensive. So when you're open up to learn what their position is and why they think like that, if still, you know, we feel that our position is uh, better, then calmly explain your thinking behind it. Why do you think like this? Not just, you know, I'm right and you're wrong. But it doesn't always work because the other person has to be receptive to explaining. And they can be very stubborn and say, well, you can't understand or I just think so, and then that's, that's difficult. <laughs> so it doesn't always work. <laughs> the other person has to cooperate as well. So at least be calm, that's the start.